The wood and stuff was going to burn. Can't take your wallet. Can't take your purse. Even if you have a million dollars in it. I'm taking a million dollars to heaven. It's going to burn. It's worthless. Your car. Your clothes. Your houses. Everything's going to burn. And so it's a good judgment. You come through that fire. It's a good judgment because when you stand before the Lord, those things of this earth aren't going to weigh you down. You're going to receive a Stephanos, a crown of the victor. You finish the race. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast of Calvary Chapel Echo Park here in Los Angeles, California. We are a small fellowship of diverse believers who want to serve our Lord and do His will. You can find out more about our fellowship at ccechopart.com. Join us for our live stream on Sunday in the New Testament and Wednesday evenings in the Old Testament. Now let's get into the Word of God in our weekly podcast. The teaching is from Pastor David Higa and will be the study of the revelation of Jesus Christ and the book of Revelation. Okay, Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. John records, it says, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. Verse 2. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Verse 3. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance, and there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Verse 4, around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne, verse 5, proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Verse 6, before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal, and in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures, full of eyes in front and in back. Now, who are those? We're going to look at that, all right? The first living creature, verse 7, was like a lion. The second living creature, like a calf. The third living creature had a face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. Verse 8, the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Verse 9, And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him and who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, verse 11, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. We wanted to note this, that the rapture occurs at the trumpet sound, right? And so it says, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me. Okay, so as I mentioned, Revelation chapter 4 doesn't specifically describe the rapture, but as you piece the rapture verses together, especially 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 50 through 55 and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 16 through 17, and these other rapture verses that we gave you last week, there's reference to a trumpet sound, right? And as the trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ are going to rise, right, and receive the resurrected bodies 
those that have died in faith, and then we, that generation who are living, are going to receive our resurrected bodies as well. Now, I would submit to you that at that point, right, we go through what we call, or is referred to in the scriptures as the Bema Seat Judgment of God, Bema Seat Judgment of Christ. That's the good judgment, and that's where we receive our rewards. That's where we receive our crown. So when it says, when the trumpet speaking in verse 1, right, says, come up here, right, we go, we're translated, but before we're brought to the presence of the Lord, I believe we go through the Bema Seed judgment of Christ, right? And the wood, hay, and stubble will be burned, and then our resurrected bodies, right, we receive, they're going to be made to stand in the presence of the Lord, okay? And so the wood, hay, and stubble will be burned, and that's a good thing, right? We're not going to be able to carry our wallets right into heaven, right? Like if I had a wallet with maybe a couple thousand dollars in it, I'd say, hey, maybe I want to take my wallet to heaven. Well, when I'm raptured, it's going to go through that fire, that wallet's going to burn, right? So when we read verse 1, we're kind of putting this together, right, when the trumpet sounds. And then when we see from verse 2 on, we see the church in heaven, right? So I'm kind of putting this together. This is the after the rapture old map. And so the rapture occurs, right? The beam of seed judgment happens, right? And then we go before the Lord, and then we're now experiencing the marriage supper of the Lamb, which is going to be wonderful worship. And so I believe Revelation chapter 4 gives a description of a part of the marriage supper of the Lamb. It says, I will show you things which must take place after this, after the time of the church, right? Which is this time of the marriage supper of the Lamb, or this time after the rapture, right? And so he says, verse 2, immediately I was in the Spirit. Now I want you to note that. He was in the Spirit. So it wasn't that John was actually raptured, but he has a vision, I believe, of the rapture. Okay, Because he comes in the door. The door is open. That's heaven. He comes in the door, right? And he comes up at the trumpet sound. And this is going to actually happen physically at the rapture, but he's having a vision of the rapture. So he says, immediately I was in the Spirit. You know, John, when he is having this vision, he says, immediately I was in the Spirit. He didn't actually get raptured, right? The rapture hasn't occurred, but he has a vision of the rapture. And so I think this gives us a little latitude, especially this vision of heaven, right? He didn't actually physically go up to heaven as we're going to go up into the rapture, right? And the church wouldn't be up in heaven, we're going to actually see it. Well, he sees it in this vision. He says, immediately I was in, this, in the Spirit. And this allows us to kind of interpret with some latitude this vision, because it's a vision of heaven. We can't deny Revelation chapter 4 takes us into heaven, and in heaven he sees one who sits on the throne. And this one would be God the Father, right? But I mentioned, as we're going to see in chapter 4, verse 5 here, that there's a reference to the Holy Spirit. So God the Father is on the throne. We're going to see the Holy Spirit is on the throne. In cha next uh, chapter, in chapter 5, next week, we're going to see that God the Son is on the throne, the Lamb of God slain before the foundations of the world. So we see the triune God at the throne here in heaven. Okay, now, notice it says in verse 3, And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. And so why does he describe it as a jasper and a sardius stone? Well, I take this literally, not that God is a jasper and a sardius stone, but literally that's what he saw. Now, why would he see him this way? Well, I'm not sure. It's not saying that God is literally a rock or anything like that, but in his vision, this is what he sees literally. He who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance, and there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. So he highlights an emerald, but then also he highlights a rainbow around the throne. Now, let's think about this. What does the rainbow remind you of? 
I'm going to read this straight from Dr. Henry Morris's commentary. And so he references four different times that rainbow is used in Scripture. Okay, let me read this. He says, the rainbow is very significant. He says it's very significant. He says, the Bible refers to it only on four occasions. Can you think of those four occasions? Well, the first one, we remember in Noah's time, right? After the flood. Remember? After the flood and the deliverance of Noah and the animal kingdom, remember? God puts a rainbow in the sky as a covenant, right? As a reminder, I'm never going to judge the earth again like this with a flood, right? And so the rainbow, it speaks of God's mercy toward mankind in the midst of his judgment. God judged, but in his mercy, right? He saved a remnant, not only of mankind, but of the animal kingdom. And that was the reminder, the rainbow there, right? And so we see that. But notice here, it says the second notice of the rainbow is found in Ezekiel chapter 1, specifically verse 28. We see a reference to rainbow as well. And that rainbow is right around the throne of God. So this is where we can start to connect, right? What John is seeing is the same thing that Ezekiel is seeing. But Ezekiel is an Old Testament prophet. He lived before the church. John is what? In the New Testament, and he's seeing something after the church. We believe after the church is what? Rapture. Okay, so the thing about a rainbow right at the throne there, right? Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 28. But then also says the third occasion is in the book of Revelation here in chapter 4, verse 3, and then also again in chapter 10, verse 1. Now, in 4, verse 3 and 10, verse 1, you know, it speaks of a rainbow right there at the throne in heaven. And that's the interesting thing, I believe. So we have one rainbow, right? It's a covenant that God has. Right? With, with mankind, basically. I'm not going to judge the earth again. There's going to be God's mercy. And so it's almost like God puts a rainbow in the sky. Even though there'll be judgment, right? There's God's mercy. It reminds us of that. But then all the other references to rainbow, it does take us right to the throne. Right? And so when you think about the throne, God is holy, God is just. There's a, a God of judgment because he is holy. But then there's that rainbow, right? It reminds us of his mercy. So it's kind of an interesting way to kind of, kind of partake of that. And this is really what Dr. Henry Morris highlights in this whole part about him revealing himself uh, with um, a rainbow around him right there at the throne of heaven, right? So he says, verse 3 again, And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance, and there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Now here we go, verse 4. Around the throne were 24 thrones. And so this is the question. Why 24 thrones? Why the number 24? We're going to look at that. But notice, it says 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. Now, one of the things I want to note to you, when you read Isaiah chapter 6, right? Isaiah is taken up into heaven, and he sees these living creatures, and he identifies them as seraphim. Right? Seraph, angels, high-ranking angels, cherubs. Right? That's how he identifies them. And then also in Ezekiel chapter 1, we see the same thing. He references, right, right at the throne of God, these same kind of angelic beings. And he spells them out as seraphim, right? Angelic beings, high-ranking angels. But you know what's interesting? What is absent in the Ezekiel and the Isaiah passage? It's 24 thrones. That's what's absent, right? Now, when you read these and you study these, you're going to see so close similarities of these living creatures. 
you know, the face of a man, the face of a lion, the face of an ox. And what else? Uh, it says the face of a um, calf and the face like a man and the fourth living creature like an eagle. Well, you're going to see that same description in Ezekiel, exactly the same. They have six wings. You're going to see that in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6. The rainbow, as I mentioned. So you're going to notice that, you know, they're talking about the same thing, just different eyewitness accounts. And they're a little different, but they're talking about the same thing. It's kind of like, you know, when there's an accident, right? And you have a detective come out, right? Looks at the accident. And you have all these different eyewitness accounts. Are they going to be exactly alike? No, they're going to be a little different. But when you piece them together, right, you know that, right? They're talking about the same thing. And actually, it's good that they're a little bit different, right? It's saying that they're not, what, copying each other, right? They're not telling you, right? There's different accounts. There's a little bit different percent, but they're talking about the same thing. This is what we see in Ezekiel and Isaiah and the Gospel of John. So we see a lot of similarities. You want to read this in your own time. But you know what the one great difference that we see? These 24 thrones with the 24 elders. Now, how did they get there? They weren't there in Ezekiel's vision. They weren't there in Isaiah's vision, but they're in John's vision. How did they get there? Well, it must be the church, right? The church was raptured. Do you understand? This, I think, is a powerful support that this is the church. Not only is it because of the crowns, the Stephanos, right? The crown of a victor, which I'm going to talk to you in a little bit. But also the omission in Ezekiel chapter 1 and also Isaiah chapter 6. And it's here, right, in Revelation chapter 4. How did these 24 thrones get there? Well, it has to be, right? It has to be somebody that's entered after that time of Ezekiel's vision and Isaiah. And I would just submit to you, is at the rapture of the church, right? It's representative of the church with their crowns. And so that's why this is distinct here in Revelation chapter 4. Now, again, these crowns, it's the word Stephanus, not diadem. Stephanus is that crown of a victor, right? You're running the race, you finish the race, you got the prize. Anybody run? Right? That's we want to finish the race. Now, this life of faith is a race, isn't it? Whatever revelation or promise God has given somebody, if they believe God and by faith believe it and walk in it, he imputes righteousness. Okay, the reason I mark this too is the revelation that's been given us on this side of the cross is what? Is Jesus Christ. He died for your sins. Right? Was buried. And on the third day he rose again. If you believe what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary to remove your sins and then he rose again, was buried and rose again, then the gospel, right? The Bible says that you're now saved. Why are you saved? Because you believe on the name of Jesus Christ and what he did, on his promises, okay? By faith, you believe in the word of God that's been given to us, the revelation that's been given to us. And so it's a life of faith. And so when it says these crowns that's on their head, these are the crowns of the victor. They finished that race. This life of faith is a race. And so we see how the scriptures are put together, right? When it says in Revelation chapter 4, verse 4, Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their head. These are the Stephanos. These are the ones that have finished the race. These ones weren't there in the time of Ezekiel's prophecy of heaven and in the time of Isaiah's prophecy of heaven. Right? So what happened? I would submit to you the rapture of the church occurred, right? They went through the Bema Seat Judgment of Christ. The Bema Seat Judgment of Christ is where you receive your crowns, your rewards. It's a good judgment. And so when you enter into heaven with that crown, the victor's crown, right, we're going to be worshiping the Lord forever and ever. And that's what I believe is described here.
right? And that's why I call Revelation chapter 4 the after the rapture roadmap for the church. What happens after the church is raptured? Well, all the baggage is going to be left here before you stand before the Lord. You're going to receive a victor's crown, and you're going to be worshiping the Lord. You're going to enter into the marriage supper of the Lamb, which we're going to talk about a little bit. That's the revelation roadmap after the rapture of the church. Okay, so these crowns are the crowns of the victor. Now, verse 5 says, And from the throne proceeding lightnings, thunderings, and voices, seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Now, we know to this, right? The seven spirits of God is referring to the Holy Spirit. Seven being what? The fullness, right? Seven is the number of completion. It's the complete work of the Holy Spirit. We saw this reference. Remember to the letter? Actually, we saw this reference in Revelation chapter 1. We noted that. We went to Isaiah chapter, uh, chapter 11. We saw the sevenfold work of the Spirit. Right? We also reference Zechariah chapter 4, the work of the Spirit. Right? And so it's really referencing the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the work of the Spirit, the sevenfold work of the Holy Spirit. And then we also noted this. Remember in the letter to the church in Sardis, the dead church, how does he reveal himself? As one who what? Who has the seven spirits of God. How does one become alive when you're dead? have to be born again. You have to receive the Holy Spirit, right? Once you receive the Holy Spirit, you're born again. So we see that reference. So we note this, that this again is a reference to the Holy Spirit. And the reason this is important because we see God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We don't see the word Trinity, but we know who God the Father is, we know who God the Son is, and we know God the Holy Spirit. It's referred to all over the scripture. All of them are on the throne. Who sits on the throne? Only God. So these must be God. It's the triune Godhead. Okay, so I want you to note that. Right? And so we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit on the throne. Now it says, verse 6 Before the throne there was a sea of glass, the crystal, like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. Now, what is that? You know, when you read that, you say, hey man, this is kind of like a horror story, right? Eyes in front and in back. When you, you know, when you read Ezekiel chapter 1, you read that and say, oh my goodness, there's movies about this. You know? Remember when we were at the, um, at the warehouse there, downtown? Remember that place? Remember we had a graffiti artist that kind of did uh, graffiti art on the wall there? Well, I remember asking this graffiti artist, can you read Revelation chapter 4 and Ezekiel chapter 1 and Isaiah chapter 6? These four living creatures, can, can you do a... a a graffiti art there on the wall of this. He says, oh man, that's, that's pretty crazy, Pastor. That's <laughs> pretty wild. He says, but I'll try to do it. But he never got to doing it. But it's interesting how this would look. But the thing is, you see the description of these, and I said, as I mentioned in Isaiah chapter 6, and especially in Ezekiel chapter 1. Now, there are a lot of similarities, actually more similarities than there are differences, but there are some slight differences. Now, some of the similarities I mentioned in Ezekiel says about a rainbow, right, around the throne. Also, right here, it says a rainbow about a throne, the throne. Now, here are the four living creatures. It talks about having six wings. Notice it says they have uh, six wings, right, uh, in verse 8. The four living creatures, he's having six wings. In Isaiah, it says that's six wings, and Ezekiel says that's four wings. So why is the difference? Well, I would just suggest to you, again, it's different eyewitness accounts, right? And so perhaps they had a different perspective. But you can't deny that they're talking about the same thing, these four living creatures. And when it says one was like a lion, 
the second living creature like a calf, the third living creature had a face like a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. That is almost verbatim what's described in Ezekiel chapter 1. So there's a lot of similarities that they saw. Now the reason I'm bringing this to your attention is that they're viewing heaven. You cannot deny this is heaven. But again, the one distinct difference is these 24 elders. This is the only distinct difference in the vision of heaven in Revelation 4 and Ezekiel chapter 1, Isaiah chapter 6, is these 24 elders. Okay? It says these four living creatures, verse 6, full of eyes in front and in back. I encourage you to read Ezekiel chapter 1 to see more references to that. Verse 7, the first living creature was like a lion, the second living creature like a calf, the third living creature had a face like a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. Same description as in Ezekiel chapter 1. Verse 8, the four living creatures is having six wings, as referenced in Isaiah chapter 6, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. What are they doing? They're worshiping. Can you imagine? All those that have died in Christ and those that are raptured when he comes again to rapture his church, they're all before the throne in their resurrected bodies with the angelic host, worshiping the Lord. This is a description of the marriage supper of the Lamb, I believe. It's going to be a wonderful time, a wonderful reunion with the Lord and all those that have gone before us in the Lord. We're going to be at the throne right there, worshiping. And you know what's interesting? The Lord himself will serve you. We're going to look at that, a cross-reference on the marriage supper land. Now, verse 9 says, Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship. Can you imagine the worship? Now, this worship means proskuneo. It means actually to literally bow down, to prostrate yourself. This is what the angelic host and the saints are going to be doing, this worshiping the Lord. Worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. So this wonderful worship is going to be going on. This, I believe, gives us insight into the marriage supper of the Lamb. So not a whole lot is described what the church is going to be doing when the rapture, after the rapture. Well, they're going to be worshiping. Right? And they're going to be not only worshiping, but they're going to be at this marriage supper of the Lamb. Okay, so let's look at the Bema Sea Judgment Scriptures, okay? What's the Bema Sea Judgment? Well, it's the good judgment. Oftentimes we think, well, judgment is a bad judgment. It's the judgment of rewards. Actually, people call it the doctrine of rewards. Rewards. You're not going to get a reward if you're going to Christian. That reward is going to be a Stephanos, a victor's crown. Oh, you finished the race. How many run races? How many run marathons? Right? Doesn't it feel good you finished it? You finished the race. Now what about other things you finished, right? People that go in the armed services, you know, they got, they got through that boot camp. They finished it, right? Boy, that, the celebration, right? And so I'm thinking about even those that go to school. I finished school, right? I finished the race. It's good to finish, right? And so this is what it's talking about. The Bema Seat Judgment of Christ it's, it's the doctrine of rewards. You finish the race. And that's this time of faith. As I mentioned in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It's a race. 
This life of faith is a race. It's a long distance race. Remember the fable of the tortoise and the hare? I'm going to want to be the hare. I don't want to. I want to finish that race. The tortoise, man, just one step at a time. Right? He finished. That's what this life of faith is, man. We're moving forward. It's upward and forward, never backward, never to the right, to the left. We're moving forward. We're going to finish that race. And at the end, right, there's going to be a victor's crown. And we're going to receive that at the Bema Seat Judgment. It's the good judgment. And I take this as a little fire. <laughs> that in our resurrected bodies, that's not going to be harmed, right? We're going to walk through, right? But if I'm trying to hold on to something, right, it's going to weigh me down. So it's going to be taken out. And therefore, right, We'll be with the Lord, free, right, to serve Him, worship Him, right? Because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. I think the rewards will be greater the less we take from this earth, right, into heaven. That's why the Bema Seat Judgment is to burn all those things from, from below. The reward will be greater. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Okay, the marriage supper of the Lamb. I believe this is being described in Revelation 4, right? The marriage supper of the Lamb. Who's the bridegroom? It's Jesus. Who's the bride? It's the church, right? And so they're now married in heaven. This is what we see described here. Now, we're the bride. Where's our home today? This earth. Where's the home of the bridegroom? It's heaven. What happens at the rapture of the church? It happens as a thief in the night. And we have to be watching. We have to be ready, right? And so, as the bridegroom comes for his bride, we need to be ready. He takes us from this home and brings us to his home in heaven. We're the bride. He's paid the down payment of himself for us. We're waiting. And he's going to come in the middle of the night. He's going to take us from this home to his home. But after he does that, at the rapture of the church, what's going to happen? It's the marriage supper of the Lamb. And see, I believe by this, the scriptures are describing when we're raptured and we go through the Bema Seat Judgment of Christ, right? that that's the consummation of the marriage during the seven-year tribulation. That's the actual marriage. And you know what's interesting? The marriage is going to be a radical time when Jesus is going to serve his bride. When we read Revelation chapter 4, right, we have the rapture, we have the Bema Seat judgment of Christ, and then we have now the marriage supper of the Lamb. They're in heaven. Right? He's raptured them. Brought them from this home to his home. And now the marriage supper is being described in Revelation chapter 4. And after that marriage supper, several days, is finished, he and his bride are going to return to this earth Thanks again for joining us on our podcast of Calvary Chapel, Agua Park. We hope and pray that you have been blessed by the teaching and join us again as we continue to study the Word of God. Once again, you can always visit us on our homepage at ccechopark.com for more information and teachings from Pastor David. To God be the glory. 